You unlock the door with the key of ignition. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of sound and a dimension of speed. You find yourself in a land of both friction and downforce, of acceleration and gear changes. You're about to experience the Rev Limiter. Well, welcome everybody to Rev Limiter. I'm joined by Andrew Clark, the uh, the guy, the all all seeing, all knowing. Well, that's what I reckon because he knows more than I do. Hey, you going, Clarky? Ho 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 ho! <laughs> yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I'm looking looking forward to shutting down for a little while. So, uh, weird year, weird year, but strangely very tiring year. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to a break. But, well, can I be honest? Right now, I'm looking for as much supercar stuff I can get into because there's not a lot. So it tends to be podcasts and some other things, but that's about it. Yeah, there's still plenty of rumours rolling around, which is interesting. You know, we'll get into it all in a minute, but, you know, there's still some driver seats that aren't finalised. There's sponsorship announcement to be had. There's your favourite thing, the war paints, the livery launches, and uh, all sorts of other things to come. So, uh, obviously, Christmas, New Year's a very quiet time. It's not like the old days when uh, first, of, first of January, everybody could release their new drivers because of contractual things. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, it will be quiet the next week. So, uh, hopefully, people will uh, learn. Sit down and enjoy what we're about to talk about. Well, we are going to cover off drivers and team moves. We're also going to do uh, the commentary stuff because there's a bit of an angst going on there. We're also going to get into race formats. And we'll probably have a try and do a crystal balling about the future, but <coughs> not if it's predicted 2020. So <laughs> you can take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but first up. Drivers and team moves. Like, look, okay, I'm going to go through the list stuff at the moment, and then we'll talk about what is has happened and what could happen. But okay, we've got Brad Jones Racing. They've got their four drivers: Jack Smith, Nick Percat, Todd Hazelwood, and Macaulay Jones. Pretty much locked in in those teams. We've got Tim Slade with Cool Drive Racing, which we'll go into a bit more. Um, we've got Anton Tipasquale and Will Davison pretty much locked in is for Dick Johnson racing. We've got Erebus racing with Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. That's all come out in the, um, in the, just recently. We've got Cali racing. Now we've got Andre Heimgardner. who seems pretty much locked in. There's another spot to fill, which we'll go into. Right. Um, we, I'm thinking it's David Reynolds, but then says the rest of the supercar paddock, if they don't know already. Uh, Matt Stone Racing, Jake Kostecki and Zane Goddard are, are pretty much slotted in there. Team 18, Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye. Team Sydney. Fabian Coulthard's pretty much been announced as the uh, sponsor for the local legends, which is, by the way, local legends is beef jerky. Is that right? Um, yep, except, yep, all part of the Tony Quinn empire. Oh, really? Wow. So okay. VIP Pet Foods, Daryl and, Lee, and local legends. <laughs> local legends. All right. Okay. Uh, we've got Pit T, uh, Chris Pitha was the other driver at Team Sydney. That one's up in the air. We'll get to that. Um, then it's, uh, it is uh, Tickford Racing, and we've got Cam Waters, James Courtney, and Jack LeBock. Uh, pretty much slotted in there. The big loser, Lee Holdsworth, at the moment, because it looks like they currently don't have a fourth license and it's not going to come from supercars, whether they buy one or lease one, because they're not allowed to. Um, but we'll talk more about that. There is still um, hope on the horizon, getting a couple of metaphors mixed up. Uh, there's still hope that they may have a fourth car. We'll get into that. Triple Eight. Jamie Winkup, Shane Vegisberger, those guys are, are locked in there. Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, Bryce Fullwood and Chaz Mostert, those guys are locked in there. So rounding it out all or rounding all of it out, the to-be-confirmed drivers is David Reynolds and Chris Pither for Team Sydney. First of all, Cali Racing. There's two seats unconfirmed. There's the Cali Racing where Rick Kelly is vacating, um, and there is the Team Sydney hasn't confirmed Chris Pither. First of all, we'll go with Cali Racing. We're all expecting 
David Reynolds to announce that he's going to be driving for Kelly Racing and possibly take Penrite uh, Oils with him as the major sponsor for him or that team. All right. So what's yeah. the latest you've heard on that, Clarkie? And that's certainly a rumour that's been bubbling for quite a while. So uh, I figure a rumour that's uh, that's had its legs for three or four weeks is probably pretty close to being accurate because uh, things get shut down quickly when they're not quite right. So I think we'll expect that announcement early in January and, uh, and, and it all looks like it will fall into place. It looks like Penwright will go with Dave. Um, he's built a really good relationship with them as both a... Uh, driver for their team and as a, and as a personal sponsor, so uh, it looks like he's he's got them under control. The complexity there, of course, is that uh, the car number fifteen that he would be slotting into the old Rick Kelly car has run for years with Castrol backing. So that's a significant change for that team. And uh, and that opens up all the other rumours we've been hearing about, which is where is Rick Kelly going and is he going to take that money as a co-driver and that sort of thing. Um, and, of course, the problems at Tickford with licences has shut down the discussion that was going on there. So, yeah, uh, yeah interesting times, I think. A couple of things. You're assuming that Castrol are aligned with Rick Kelly, like Rick Kelly's going to bring a sponsor. I mean, Castrol could just say, we're taking our money somewhere else and not with just Rick Kelly. No, they could quite easily do that. But again, it's all about the relationship that, uh, that the driver builds with the brand. And I think Rick, Kelly's built a really good relationship with Castrol over time. Um, you know, when when they needed more money or bigger sponsor, Castrol stepped up to the plate. And Rick Kelly's obviously delivered in spades for them. I mean, he's a great personality. So, you know, I think you, if you could keep that connection going, you would. Uh, the question is always, of course, in, in 2021, is what money do people actually have for sponsorship? You know, 2020 we thought was weird. 2021, I believe, will be more challenging than 2020 in a business sense. And that means that all sorts of sponsors and everybody's going to be looking about how do we cut and what do we actually get out of our spend. So Castrol's got a really big spend in motorsport. Um, do they actually need to be backing a car in its entirety like they did last year with Rick? Um, and the gut feel at the moment is that they don't need to and they don't want to. So, you know, we might see that drop away. Well, they just need to probably feel that they could be a bit more clever in their marketing and still get as much bang for their buck, you know. So... Yeah. And Castrol's always done. They've always done good leverage out of what they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that livery on the um, on the car at Bathurst was really good and clever, um, and it shows they approach it in a slightly different way to other people. So, you know, it'd uh, be disappointing to see them. Well, it's not disappointing. be sad to see them fade away a little bit, but, uh, you know, they've been a great sponsor for so many years. Uh, so it'd be nice to, to see them pop up prominently somewhere else. Okay. Uh, before we get on to the whole Tickford thing, uh, well, this is kind of a line. Tim Slade is at Blanchard Racing. That's Cool Drive. So Cool Drive Racing seems to be it's on its own team. It seems to be the only single car team out there now. Um, and it is, is Cool Drive is owned by uh, the Blanchard, so their own sponsor. They they've obviously like Tim, so they've asked Slade to come and drive for them. How does that work? Are they, are they a total new setup or are they going to be a satellite like in regards to um, uh, research and development and parts and stuff? Where are they getting all that from? Well, it's a satellite team of Tickford. So uh, they bought the old uh, Phil Monday cars um, that were run by Will Davison early this season. So they'll um, they'll be moving that. They've got their own setup that they're building up there in Queensland uh, or you know, creating a, a place for the, everything to happen up there. Uh, but they will be buying componentry and stuff off Tickford in pretty much the same way that Team 18, for instance, does off Triple Eight. So uh, expect them to sit in pit lane um, aligned with the Tickford crew. So there'll be the four Tickford cars rather than dropping him down the other end of pit lane. So, so uh, what- um, he'll... Yeah, okay. You're saying that there could be four, but there could be four Tickford cars and the Cool Drive. What is that going to How's that going to work? My word is that there will not be a fourth Tickford car, that that is done and dusted. Um, Supercars, from what I understand, and um, I've tried to get confirmation out of supercars and out of Tickford, but I can't get absolute confirmation out of this. But what I'm hearing is that uh, that supercars decided to leave it up to the teams to make their decision on whether they could take one of the extra licenses that supercars had sitting there. Two prominent team owners were very vocal in their opposition to this. So from what I understand, Roland Dane and Brad Jones blocked the fourth Tickford car. Um, so they, they are down to three cars unless something quite dramatic and remarkable happens over the next week or two. Well, how's this for dramatic and remarkable? 
um, Tickford lease one of Team Sydney's cars and Pitha is out of a drive. So suddenly Lee Holdsworth is back in the seat, which we'd like to see. That has been, well, there's gossip going on around that, whether it's people being just trying to put two and two together or whatever, but there's talk that, well, <laughs> for lack of a better term, yeah. there's talk that they're talking to Team Sydney to lease their licence. Yeah, well, that, that's the Hail Mary, of course, waiting for Tickford. Um, and no doubt they've gone and offered that or asked that possibility. Um, but, you know, Team Sydney was quite keen to build a big presence. So they'd be very reluctant to drop back to one car if they um, if you know, they didn't have to. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. They're keen to be two cars. Um, Tickford's obviously keen to be four. That is the linchpin to the whole thing. It's the only uncertain element that we have going forwards. Um, whether or not it would be Lee Holdsworth in the car is another question. There was plenty of talk that uh, they wanted to slot Thomas Randall into that fourth Tickford car anyway, even though Lee was contracted for 2021. Um, so, you know, there was talk about that, but then Thomas Randall's now confirmed he's running a Super 2 car for Tickford. Okay, these are the big so changes. But if Tickford get the oh, fourth license, that can be easily changed. Absolutely can be. But uh, but think about what's, what's happened there is that, like, um, Cam Waters had Will Davison as his co-driver this year. Next year, he can have Lee Holdsworth as his co-driver. I mean, you know, you, you're putting in a pretty good co-driver there. So, you know, maybe it's Lee's best chance to win Bathurst, for instance, and uh, and come away with the ultimate crown in Australian motorsport. So uh, it's an interesting time. I'm, I'm it is sad that Lee would disappear from full-time drive. Um, he's a great bloke. Uh, he's a good talent, you know, but he's getting on now and he's at the tail end of his career. Yeah, so, he didn't, he didn't you know, do too it's not bad. such a bad thing. He didn't do too no, bad no, I think he this did year. <clears throat> After that first, you know, six months of settling into Tickford last year, you know, he started to show some really good speed. You know, his Bathurst run in, 20, in 2019 could have been a win if it hadn't been for the Fabian Coulthard uh, stunt. Oh, sorry, I won't blame Fabian for that. The Shell DJR Penske, whatever they call themselves, stunt. Um, and they, uh, this year he was good as well. So I think, you know, the speed's there. There's no doubt that he's still got it. Um, but the question is, you know, when, you, when you're sitting there and you've got your other three guys, so you've got Jack LeBrock, who Tickford see as their future. You've got James Courtney, who is pretty much a funded drive uh, from Boost. And then you've got Cam Waters, who, you know, if he doesn't go into this season being one of the top two rate rated drivers for the championship, then you don't know what you're talking about. So okay. Lee was the obvious casualty. So, okay. Let's say there's a fourth car for Tickford. Tickford are chasing a fourth licence. I like that, which means they've got a sponsor in the wings to fund that. They're going to go, oh, we've got a driver and we've got a car. Let's go and find a sponsor. Nowadays, they, it looks like they've got the money to run a fourth car if they could, and they've been trying to get that. Right, so and that's the thing I find come, staggering. Well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. It's all going to come down to money, whether Pitha and the Coke money comes up, or or Tickford offer more money. Right, it's kind of like which way are you going to go? Because the way the sport's going, they're going with the dollars nowadays. Yeah, but by the same token, if Team Sydney's trying to build something, dropping back to one car is going to be a huge nah, setback. No, nah, I build. don't. I don't reckon it's no. that's going out the window now. It's all down to dollars. Um, whoever can survive and make happen, sure. Right. You can still have a one-car team in Sydney. Sure, uh, okay. You're kind of not serious unless you've got two cars or a line. Oh, I know. Imagine, imagine the Sydney, yeah, the, the Sydney siders and how how flaccid their penises would get if they didn't have a two-car super team. So I think, yeah, there's a bit of ego attached to the whole concept of two cars versus one. So no, nah, no, nah, techno, think... techno might have a bit of ego, but money speaks louder. <laughs> Sorry, it does. Yes, but uh, but it's. Interesting. But if we get back to the, the question, like I find it staggering that that we can have a fully funded car ready to go and people could block it getting onto the grid um, when you're not making a massive change. I mean, the deal was Rod, Rod Nash offered to take no income from the extra license. So it wasn't going to d- diminish or water down the, the money that people take from their license. Uh, he offered all sorts of other ways to do things um, and he just got flatly rejected across the board. So that's uh, a confusing say, thing. If he says, said, I'm not going to take any money or I don't want any slice of the pie, why would you not let him race? Because he's just adding to the show. So oh, I, 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 don't, I, can't, I don't get it. Um, I wish someone would tell us what's actually going on. It's a staggering decision. It just blows me away. I mean, at a time when we're talking about making the sport stronger, um, you know, we've had a tough year. Um, next 
next year we're going in with fewer rounds than we've had before, had the year before and the year before. Um, and then we're going to purposefully uh, knock out a car that's fully funded and ready to roll. Uh, yeah, an amazing decision. I, I'm, as I say, I'm quite blown away by it. Um, to me, I thought it was a given. I thought, you know, you say, I'm fully funded, ready to go. You just say, okay, take the licence and let's go. Uh, but I'm equally as surprised that supercars didn't stand up and make it happen, that they handed the decision over to the teams. Not very good leadership. Um, well, they can't really control the teams what they do do themselves. I, mean, they can, I, th- I just think they're having a hard enough time just making sure the sport keeps moving forward personally and let the teams kind of work themselves out. Yeah, but if you're trying to make the sport go forward, why would you knock a car off the grid that wants to be there and is funded? It doesn't make sense. I, I expected a little bit more. I expected supercars to sit there and say, it's our sport, not yours. We're doing this, but they didn't. But you remember the pie is not just all the teams. The pie is also is Archie Capital. Is Archie Capital and they would have had to shave some of it off. And they own more than all the teams combined. Maybe they didn't want to shave their dollars off either. I don't know. I don't know. You would think yeah, but there they, was no Yeah, I know. If Rod said there well, was I no want dollars to dollars, shave. Yeah. Oh, there's something else going on here, folks, and we don't yep. know what's going on and we wish someone would tell us. Look, get to us on our Facebook yeah. site, send us a thing and give us a phone call. Tell us off the record. We won't name it, but we'd like to know a little bit what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll just recap. Out for 2021, out is Gary Jacobson, Rick Kelly, Lee Holdsworth and Alex Davison. New is Tim Slade, Will Brown, and Brody Kostecki. And I'm looking forward to seeing Brody Kostecki and Will Brown. Um, he see how those goes because we saw how Brody raced at Bathurst, and I really like the cut of his jib, so to speak. So I want to see more <laughs> of that um, for a yachting term. Um, the Moose, Fabian Coulthard, David Reynolds, Anton Tipasquale, and Will Davison. Um, they're all. Uh, well, three of those have been confirmed as moved. Dave Reynolds, we're waiting. Well, we know he's we know he's moving. We just don't know where. We well, may we not do, know we until don't know. we may not know until the start of next year, right? Every so, fourteen test day, Davey Reynolds will be rolled out. <laughs> <laughs> so the cars that we're 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 waiting on is car fifteen from Cali Racing to be confirmed. Hopefully, it's David Reynolds, and car twenty two from Team Sydney. Uh, that's the Chris Pither car. Uh, we're hoping for some confirmation it's going on there as well. But uh, hmm. that's it. That's it. With and don't forget, Nev, there's, but there's, there's one other thing we've missed in the outs, which is Scott McLaughlin, you know, moving on his own choice. And, and that's a big hole for the sport. I mean, this is the sport's most popular driver by a country mile um, leaving the sport. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to see what happens with some of the other drivers who've been there. So, you know, how much, how much, Chaz Mostert's personality, for instance, is going to come forward and make him a superstar alongside Davey Reynolds, who is the second most popular driver in the sport. So I think it's a, it's a challenging time for the sport. Whenever you lose your popular drivers, how do you replace them and what do you replace them with? Well, I've, I'm, I'm looking forward to, 2000, to 2021 because it's the most wide open championship we've seen for a while when the champions, Gorn, who's won it however many times in a row, how many times? He's won it three times in a row, right? I'm kind of like, he's gone. Okay, it's open. It's fair game, right? So crystal ball, but I'll save the, I'll save the crystal balling for the, the, for the, uh, yeah, for the but, our, our next six segments. Yeah, but the other interesting unknown is what does the lack of Team Penske do to, to the DJR juggernaut that dominated the sport for the last three years? I mean, will they be able to maintain where they were or do they drop back a little bit? You know, so I think, you know, DJR's got a lot of things facing it, you know, and not just the two new drivers who, by the way, are very good drivers. Um, and Will Davison must be entering this year thinking this is his best chance for a championship since, you know, 20, 2011, I think it was, when he was a serious contender. So, yeah, it's interesting times. And uh, that's what I love about the sport. This is why December and January are great because it's all open. And, okay. Uh, who we'll knows get- what's going to happen? We'll get into that in, we'll our, get to that in our last segment. We'll start talking more about that. Write that down in your notes, Clarky, and we'll come back to that. One of the other things I want to talk about is not just driver movements, but it's personnel movements. Um, and you've got a couple of things on some of that going on. So we spoke in the last podcast about Grant McPherson leaving Triple Eight and going to Walkinshaw United. Um, 
good move for them as well to bring somebody in on top of it all. But Team 18 has done the same thing. They've got Richard Holway uh, coming on board to oversee the whole show. Uh, and a great move by them. Like Richard Holway's experience and expertise, you know, it's 20, 25 years of stuff you know, back into the, uh, the Mark Scaife HRT days through to Gary Rogers developing the Volvo and all those things. So this bloke's got a track record and uh, it's a great move by Team, Team 18 to snap him up. Um, good Melbourne-based boy, so uh, I think he will enjoy a slightly shorter drive to work than he had when he was at Gary Rogers. Um, but also, you got Gary Slater back as team manager at Team Sydney, and uh, he was looking after that show when Techno won Bathurst. So, uh, you know, another good thing. So what we're showing is, here, obviously, you've got to get good drivers, but if your personnel in the back end isn't right, then you're going to have trouble. So all the teams are looking, how do we improve our stocks on that side of it? So... There are a couple of big moves in the last week or so that uh, that I think are um, you know, really positive moves. Well, this, that's well, the, what is it? What do they call them? Team managers, crew chiefs, whatever. Who are the guys that uh, work oh, with the just driver? Engineers. Yeah, the head engineer. Oh, that's a, a number one. Yeah, number one engineer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bit of a sign of where some drivers might be going because some drivers like to keep their engineers, and um, I think uh, I. Th- I think I think David Reynolds' engineer moved to Rick Kelly's on gardening leave, isn't he? Correct. So yep. that's a and bit that of a point of uh, it. Ah, maybe Dave's going to be going yep. there. Yep. Yeah. So Alistair McVane. So he's uh, he's moved, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, because you look at a bunch. Chaz Mostert moved with his engineer, and uh, you know Jason Bright uh, moved with Phil Key to Team Eighteen, and uh, you know all sorts of other little things have happened along that line. So that relationship's important, and. Um, but so too is having intelligence on top of that relationship. So, and that's what the teams are looking to do. It's the old Triple Eight model. I mean, Triple Eight have been doing it for years with guys like Mark Dutton, you know, who oversees the whole thing. So you run your you run time looking looking after a car, and then your next step is to look after the whole show and bring a bigger picture into the scheme of things. So, you know, it's a good move. I think um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one maps out. Cool. Okay, it's time for a bit of a breather. It's a bit of a break, folks. We'll join you on the other side. Welcome back to Rev Limiter, brought to you by Motorsport 360, the motorsport app of everything. <laughs> I don't know what to want to say with that. It, it, it's, it's a guru overview app, you know, it does everything. I like that, the guru if, overview. If app. you want to know motorsport, Motorsport 360 is the place. Okay, we're go. going to talk We're going to talk commentary teams, because that's been the big oh, thing. Right, we're going into more that. Movement, more movement there more than the drivers. Movement. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm going to get into some things. First of all, uh, Sky for Jess Yates. It looks like those guys are going to be the front desk people, as uh, a lot of people are calling them nowadays. And so that looks like that's pretty much locked in. We we all feel that Scafey, out of all the movements and all the crap that's been going on, Scafey's actually the one that's he's always been going to be there. Um, we know Scafey's definitely on the thing. Um, we'll get more into that. Um, then we've got. Crompton, we've got Larco, we've got Charlie Robinson, we've got Mark Beretta, and we've got Greg Murphy. This is all the commentary team pretty much, and this is a few others in there, a few other sleepers. This is pretty much the guts of the commentary team. There's not enough spots for all the commentators. All right, so I'm going to go through this one. Charlie Robinson, is she locked in? Is she pretty much locked in? We were just talking about her. What's going on with Charlie? No, no, that's been announced. So um, Charlie, you might know, is X High Five. So uh, when my kids were young, Charlie was one of the superstars on High Five, but a motor racing fanatic. So she's a, if you follow her on Twitter and things, it's all about car racing, supercars and the whole thing. So um, right. An interesting addition there. Um, I did actually go and see if they were, she wanted to come on and have a chat, but uh, everybody's on holidays this week. But um, yeah, so she's apparently going to be looking more at 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 the filler pieces, you know, the pieces where we look at different parts of the sport and the personalities and so forth behind it, rather than wandering up and down like pit lane. So she's not a straight replacement for Rihanna. Rihanna Crean, who's no longer on the on the team. Um, so it's a slightly shift, different shift in the focus there. Okay, next, Mark Beretta. Yeah, well, Barrettes we know from the old days, um, you know, with when supercars were on seven before, um, and also the other uh, twelve hour and so forth. So likes his motorsport. Um, you know, he's more than just a weatherman, I suppose. Um, he's now a sportsman. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an um, interesting pickup. But obviously, with seven coming back in, he was always going to be part of the show. Um, I imagine he'll be parading pit lane. 
So he's pretty much locked in as well. Yes. Locked in. Okay. We've talked about Scaife. He's locked in. Jess Yates. Is Jess Yates a definite starter or they're just, yep. we're just assuming? No, no. Jess Yates is part of the Fox furniture. So right. um, she'll continue the way she's been going. So, you know, hosting rather than race calling. So she'll be the one who ties it all together. Um, Scaife, we believe, is going to do a bit of that stuff with her as well as the race calling as well. And, uh, one of the benefits I had when I was doing Scapey's book earlier this year was um, sitting in and watching him and you know, the the relationship between you know, all the people involved in the commentary team when they were workshopping things. And, uh, you know, there's very good chemistry in there that makes it work. So, you know, I think that's all part of it. Okay. We're moving on to Murph. It looks like Murph has got a part-time gig. He's going to be doing the New Zealand, uh, help with the commentary in New Zealand and Bathurst. My understanding that's the only two times we're going to see Murph in 2021. Yeah, they might roll him out for a couple of the other big ones, like um, um, so I was going to say Townsville. <laughs> it's not Townsville. Uh, yeah, but for a couple of the other big ones like um, Gold Coast and maybe the Mount Panorama 500 as well. But um, yeah, it means you've yeah, got to fly him over. Yep, dramatically reduced roll. Yeah, okay. So we're going to get to Crompton and Larco. And this seems where it's all come down to. Larco has been given the flick, but as we know, the groundswell has been massive supporting Larco. And my understanding is supercars have gone, oh, maybe maybe there's a bit of a mistake getting rid of Larco. They've called Larco. Larco hasn't answered the phone. And it, I've even got some people whispering to me that Larco's had enough and he doesn't want to come back. So now it's not up to supercars. It's up to Larco. I don't think he's over it. I really do. Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I remember watching Bathurst this year because I was stuck at home watching it on telly like most of the people, and I had somebody there who wasn't a motorsport fan, and they watched it, and Larko came on and did something, and she said, how good is this bloke? He's so interesting. Yeah, And he told her something that she didn't know, but he did it in a way that she wanted to understand and and really enjoyed it. So when supercars, when the rumours first started that they were getting rid of Larco, I'm sitting and thinking, why would you get rid of a bloke who can take something very complex, make it in layman's terms, but in the same process do it in an interesting way? Um, So I thought it was a catastrophically poor decision for the telecast. Um, and then they announced that he was gone, and now Larko's obviously had a bit of a think, and he said, well, you know, how much do I really need it? You know, he's a farmer. That's what he wants to do. He wants to play with his tractors and do his farm stuff. But uh, huge loss, huge loss. Um, and if he's, you know, if he has um, got jack of it and he's not take, paying any attention, um, then, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a stuff up by supercars yeah, and well, Foxtel and Seven. Well, that, bring, that brings us to Crompton. And the mail is Crompton's – well, we know he hasn't been signed. There's no word there. The mail is – still. he's gone as well. He won't, be, he won't be a commentary guy. He'll be there with a limited involvement, maybe some special comments from, from the back or whatever, which is what he used to do when he first started. But um, he's definitely not the front guy either. So that's the latest. So who, if Scaife is going to do commentary – Who's going to sit with Scaifey to do commentary or is Scaifey going to do it by himself? Well, that's the great unknown, isn't it? So uh, obviously there's there's another name coming, I would think. I think there must be another person because you can't have Scaife and Yates, Jess Yates sitting there doing the whole race together because it, it just wouldn't work. So there's got to be something else coming as far as I can tell. And the word is obviously very strong that Crompton won't be calling races next year, but I'd be surprised if he wasn't involved in some way. You know, his knowledge of everything that goes on inside supercars is so strong, you wouldn't think they'd get rid of him totally. But uh, if you don't even want air, you don't have to pay him so much, do you? <laughs> it's true. That's the latest we know with com- the commentary team. The only other thing with the commentary stuff that I want to bring up is some of them, there's not like all of these guys are going to be all of the rounds all the time. Some of them are going to be some rounds and some are not. Um, can you fill lists in a little bit more what's going on there? Yeah, well, there's not a lot of exact detail on this, but what we do know is that the contract that was signed between Supercars and Channel 7 was to cover six races plus the Bathurst 12-hour. Um, so this year, of course, or sorry, next season, 2021, there is no Bathurst 12-hour. So expect to see seven 
supercars races live to air. Um, so that guarantees that the first race, the Bathurst 500, as the replacement for the Bathurst 12-hour, will be a live to air event on Channel 7 as well as Foxtel. Um, so the, the interesting part there is that that's slightly more than half the season, which is more than we got out of Channel 10, which is good. Uh, but then it leads us into which ones are they going to cover? And uh, I think we'd, when we were having a chat before, um, even though it hasn't been announced, we know how they're doing it, don't we, Nev? I reckon I do. I've, I think I've sussed out the, the secret to it all, which we'll get into. It is. And what is it? It's called a made-for-TV event, um, yeah. which is, of course, the shootout. So if you have a look at it, there are six races with shootouts. Um, so there's your Channel 7 races, I reckon. You're, we're talking about the commentary teams are going to be revolving, rotating. You're not going to get the same commentary team all the time? No, I think you'll have the same commentary team, except for when they drop a Murph and you know, maybe a couple other special people in throughout it all. So, so there's been no word, obviously, on Craig Lowndes either. No, um, we haven't even I mentioned haven't, Craig. But no one has. Yeah, I, was, I know. I just thought about it then. So, yeah, no mention there. But I think Craig Lowndes is so popular that he will be in. What they're really frightened of at Supercars and Channel 7 is having having the in, in-house banter, you know, like Scaife and Crompton, because they've known each other for so long. They've got all of these in-jokes that they have and all of the little stuff, and I think that's what they're trying to break. So I can't see Lowndes expanding his role in any massive way, uh, but I also can't see them not wanting him there because of his popularity. Who knows? Mm. Somebody does. James Warburton. Let's talk to James Warburton. Get him on the line. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're going to take a break and we'll be back on the other side. Welcome back to the Rev Limiter, brought to you by Motorsport 360. Okay, Clarky, the calendar and format. Okay, we just we just touched on it in the, the last section, and that is there's the Foxtel, which is showing all of them. Channel 7 are going to be showing six plus a 12-hour, which is which has become a supercar round, so it's seven rounds. I believe I know which ones, and they're all the events that have a top 10 shootout in, except Bathurst, that was a given anyway. But there's some events that have two top 10 shootouts. Let me ask this first before we get into that. Is that too many top 10 shootouts? Oh, from where I stand, absolutely. The only place I would ever run a top 10 shootout is Bathurst. So There's, there's nine yeah, top I, 10 shootouts. That seems yeah. a lot. It's a very clear made-for-TV event. You know, Even when you're at the track and they do it, you, know, you get three cars out. And then you have a break for the advertising and then you have three cars and then you have a break for the advertising, you know, so it drags on and it stretches out. And when you're at the track, it just doesn't work. It's not that exciting. It is a very much a TV event, which is why, you know, when you popped up the theory earlier that, you know, the ones with the shootout are probably the channel seven races. It makes absolutely perfect sense. I can't like, I'm not a fan of them. I find them a bit boring myself. I, th- I felt the best, the best qualifying uh, stuff on television was when they were all in and crossing over the line and people jumping around like we saw at Townsville. We, we had a top 10 shootout on one day and then all in qualifying for the second day. And that was one of the most exciting qualifying uh, sessions I've oh. ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Balls out qualifying session is much better than a shootout, but drivers love the shootout as well. So, you know, Mark Scaife always said this is his favourite part of the weekend when it's just you. There's nothing else. There's no one else to confuse the picture. It's you and how much can you extract out of it. So when you're going into that corner for your first lap on cold tyres, how hard do you want to go? So he sees it very much as a, you know, a driver versus machine battle um, to get the best out of it. But I just don't think it works for the crowd. Unless, um, they can, unless they can convey that on the crowd, whether you're at the track or on uh, watching it on the television. Boring. I don't give a crap yeah. whether Mark's having a good time. Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm, I'm, the money I'm to totally – I'm absolutely with you. I think you look at those really short rapid fire qualifying sessions and they were sensational during the year. You know, the, the 10 minute sessions and that so forth, where you got two runs to get it right um, and you've got to battle the cr- uh, crowded tracks. I think it's uh, it's definitely a way to go. So I, I wouldn't do shootouts anywhere but Bathurst and, you know, and that's just the way I, I believe it. No one's ever going to convince me otherwise. Okay. I'm going to run through the calendar real quickly. First, uh, Feb 26th to 28th, Mount Panorama, two times 250K races. Um, they're saying shootouts, plus there's a fuel stop for these. Is there? Yep. They can, they can do, they can't do 250Ks on one tank? Nope, about 120. 
Okie dokie, there's a fuel stop on that one. Then we've got the Melbourne Formula One Grand Prix, four times 100k races, no fuel stops, no shootouts. It's all pretty And a very up. big asterisk, you know. Very big if asterisk the, because if the Grand Prix's off, Sandown's on. Well, so, Sandown's, uh, Sandown's, Sandown's on hold for that weekend. Sandown's reserved for a few rounds. Um, <laughs> then April uh, 10th, 11th, Tasmania Super Sprint, Simmons Plains, three, time 100, three times 110k uh, races, a two-day event, no fuel stops, no shootouts. Uh, come May 8th. But they've got a great – they've got a split qualifying session there. So um, to – because it's a short track. So there and uh, and Wanneroo, so Barbagallo Raceway, because they're short tracks, they've decided to split the qualifying sessions into two. So it'll be one car from each boom. So if you've got um, – you know, yep. so go down pit lane. So we'll have effectively the even numbers on the pit – on the grid will uh, – sorry, on the pit lane will – fire up against each other and the odd numbers will do it and then there'll be some way of combining them all at the end yep, so no, uh, it'll right. be interesting to see but no. i personally would have gone for the uh, for the chaos model why not we all want that it's great television yep. uh yeah. may 8th 9th the otr super sprint at tail and bends uh three times uh 115 or 115k races again a two-day no field stops no shootouts and hopefully on the back on the same circuit that uh, that punishing punishing series of corners that was causing all the tire wear so um worked better than the short track i think so hopefully well, just back alternated on the between each day they got a separate well, they got a separate they got a separate um a qualifying for each race why don't they change it each yeah. day instead of week by week anyway well they can a, they, they, yeah, no there's it's a up there for up there for thinking, Nev. Uh, Winton Super Sprint on May 29th to 30th, three times 120k races. Um, that's a two day event again, and no fuel stops. Super soft tyres, though. Yeah, this is the one I'm looking forward to. So, uh, we now have three compounds of Dunlop tyres. So, we've got the soft and the hard that we've been using for a couple of years, and now we've got the super soft. Uh, and that'll really throw some things into the mix. Uh, so that's going to appear at two rounds this year and hopefully more next year. Um, sorry, I'm talking, kind of got my years mixed up, haven't I? Because it's not yet 2021, is it, Nev? Nope. So, um, yeah, so this season, the coming season, yeah, we'll have the we'll have the two rounds with the super softs. And I think that's an awesome innovation. I can't wait to see that in action. June 19th to the 20th, Darwin Triple Crown, Hidden Valley, three times 110K races, two-day super soft tyres, and one shootout. So I assume the shootout's for Saturday, and then they're going to have the all-in qualifyings for Sunday? Yep, that would be my gut feel on that. So, uh, yeah, because Saturday's got the lighter day, so it's only got the one race. So uh, a shootout, as you know, takes a, takes about an hour to run. So, yeah, they'll put that on instead of a race. No worries. And next, July 9th to the 11th, Townsville. Two times 250K races. Obviously, it's a... Fuel fuel stop in those races. It's a three day event, but they've got two two shootouts. Yep, one for each race. So, uh, yep, TV's yeah. going there. I definitely reckon that's the case. Uh, August the twentieth to twenty second is the Sydney Super Night Super Sprint or whatever you want to call it um, at Sydney Motorsport Park. Three times one twenty five k races, so there's no fuel. It's got a night event and it has one shootout as well. I assume the night events on Saturday. Yeah, you would think so. Um, be silly to run. Oh, maybe they'll run a night event on Sunday as well because it's the middle of the year, so the um, the sunlight goes down early. Um, so yeah, you might you be darkish around five thirty or so. So yeah, might run a twilight race there. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Perth is next on September the eleventh to twelfth. Uh, that's three times one hundred ten k races, a two day event. Plus, it's got a night time. Um, if, it, if it was like last time, that'll be the Saturday night time race. Yep. yep. Cool. And uh, how spectacular was that? Oh, that, that, that big stop, that big stop down the back straight there where uh, the brake disc is glowing unbelievably. So, uh, yeah, great track for, uh, for night, for night yeah. racing. Loving it. Loving it. Okay. This brings us to the Repco Bathurst 1000 at Mount Panorama, October the 7th to the 10th. It's a four-day event, um, fuel, co-drivers, shootout. 
a lot of stuff going on. It's one with one with a lot, isn't it? It's got uh, everything you want in a car race. That one. So, thank thankfully, no one's really fiddling around with that too much. So, um, yeah, it stands yeah. on its own. It's a <laughs> sacred cow, really, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, that's next followed up by Auckland, the Super Sprint in New Zealand. From uh, that's on November the sixth and seventh. That's a two day. That's three one hundred and fifteen k races. We still don't know which track that's going to be. Uh, whether it's Pukekohe or Hampton Downs, Hampton Downs. So yeah. we're not too sure about that. Um, but then the season it comes to its uh, final round, and that's the Gold Coast Street Circuit, Surface Paradise, on December the third to the fifth. That's two two fifty k races. That's got fuel and a two time shootout. Yeah, and interesting. We're we're back to no co-driver for the um, for the Gold Coast race. So, you know, two fifty k's for each each driver on each day. So it's going to be a pretty hefty schedule that one. Um, interestingly, at the end of the season, you know, we've got four week breaks between the races, um, and the word is like getting to New Zealand was part of it. You know, the, after Bathurst, you know, there's a big rebuild, and then you're going to get to New Zealand, um, and the Gold Coast. They had to squish it in between the schoolies weeks. Um, so that was the only weekend that there wasn't schoolies at that time. So um, they wanted to avoid schoolies and toolies all at the same time. So, uh, yes. Well, Tim Edwards said that in the last episode. I don't blame he did, him. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I know. Funny, isn't it? My theory yeah. is the reason why we don't have so many co-driver races is it saves money for the teams. Yeah, it saves money and it's got lower risk because we we really don't know what 2021 is going to give us in terms of lockdowns and quarantines and all those sort of things. So, you know, obviously we're sitting here today when we record this and, um, you know, Sydney's going into a part of a lockdown, which could affect their test match in two weeks' time. So we've got to be open about this. We've got to be ready to change and accept the the changes that might come our way. Um, reducing the co-drivers means you've got less personnel being flown around and travelling, which is why they cut the fuel races as well. So uh, at least this year we've got some fuel races back into play, which uh, which is what we're used to with some of them. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, everybody's just sitting there thinking, like, yeah, let's hope we get through the year. But I think the chances of us getting through the year with another outbreak somewhere at some point in time is very slim. Well, as we speak, um, Wednesday, the 23rd of December, um, New South Wales are shitting themselves at the moment because they're very worried that, you know, Sydney um, could go into a lockdown. We could have a, the ring of steel or I call it the iron glad as opposed to the steely Dan. And, um, who knows what's going to be happening with New South Wales at the moment. So Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's one of the keys to it. You look at this calendar and we, we sit here today and we say, here's the calendar for the year. There is a good chance that there'll be changes. So not just to you know, the Melbourne Grand Prix with Sandown as its backup, but there could be other changes as well. So you know, let's keep in mind that um, you know, all we want to do is get a full season done and really enjoy our car racing. Uh, and let's not be too fussed at times about how we do it. Well, okay, here's the thing. It looks like that the Formula One guys to March, they're going to have to go into quarantine still for Australia. That's two weeks. And I can't see the Formula One paddock going into two weeks lockdown. So that's one of the things that could put the scuttlebutt on the Formula One Grand Prix. The only other one that's really not doubtful, but which could change any time is the New Zealand round because of the travel aspects. Um, I'm thinking New South Wales and everybody else will have the shit sorted by February and all that. So traveling around Australia is not going to be a problem. It's the people coming in from overseas and then us traveling overseas and back again. I think they're going to be the real issues. Yeah, and um, yeah, who? I mean, as I say, who knows? I mean, we we're poking our fingers in the pie and seeing how warm it is, just like everybody else <laughs> at the moment. And you know, we just don't know. So, uh, hopefully, as I say, hopefully we get all all the rounds done as they're planned. Uh, but I'm still thinking that they that we won't see the calendar roll out exactly as we've spoken about it today. Okay. Well, uh, we'll head for a break, and we'll back on the other side. Welcome back to Revlimina, brought to you by Motorsport 360. It's a bit of crystal ball time. Yeah, I like it when you get your crystal balls out. You're, you're, you're going into <laughs> a bit of how that might work out. We were getting into that uh, before with rounds and stuff. Yep. What do you think, Clarky? What do I think? Okay. Um, so I'm thinking that there's a great battle coming 
in this season, and, and it's going to be Australia versus New Zealand. I'm thinking Cam Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen are going to replace the the old battles of the past. So uh, I think both of them showed good form at the end of last season. Um, Shane had a particularly kind of up and down year. You know, they Triple Eight just didn't get on top of that car for most of the season. Um, but by the time the end of the season came around, they clearly showed they they'd grasped whatever it is they got wrong. So they're, to me, they're the two top contenders for next year. Um, so I think it's Cam Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen. But you look through the field and there's some other great possibilities as well. Like, tell me that Will Davison's not going to be a contender and Anton Di Pasquale, who stepped up so brilliantly last year to, to throw Dave Reynolds into the shadow. And then you got Chaz Mostert and the steps that they made this year at Walkinshaw. Like, I think he's a serious runner as well. You can't ever give up Jamie Wincup either. You know, so you go through the field and there's some great, great contenders lined up um, at the top end who don't need luck to get there. Um, and then you've got a whole bunch of others with a little bit of fortune. They're going to look really good as well. So, you know, Nick Perkhan and Todd Hazelwood you know, had some great races for Brad Jones Racing last season. Uh, and Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye, you know, um, first season as a two-car team. So you're going into your second season. So I think they'll be a bit better and a bit stronger as well. Um, and then, of course, you've still got James Courtney and Jack LeBrock at Tickford. So the list of contenders is quite significant, um, but I think you can break them up, which we'll do when we start our uh, our driver preview stuff for next year. We'll break them into A, Bs, Cs and Ds, I suppose, um, and look at it. And I think to me, the A's are definitely Waters and Van Gisbergen. Um, and then your Bs are your Will Davison's and um, and Chas Mostert type people. So you think uh, Red Bull Racing are going to be back on top? It's one of the top teams as and and Tickford. Those two teams are going to be fighting it out. You don't think DJR is going to be up there? Oh, well, they'll be up um, there, but do you think they're going to be actually fighting for the championship? I think you're going to want to be running right from the start. Like it's a shorter championship than normal. You're going to want to be getting your results right from the very, very start. So you've got two brand new drivers dropped into a team. Um, history tells us that you drop two new drivers into the team and it doesn't always go as smoothly. You, you want to learn the nuances of the car. You know, and we saw that. We were talking earlier about Lee Holdsworth. It took him six months to adjust to the Mustang after sitting in a Commodore. But it's not just that. It's also the differences between the Mustangs. You know, they're all quite different to each other. The Holdens are all different to each other. The way they do things and the way they work, you know, the relationship between the driver and the engineer and all of those sort of things. So consistency of all of those elements means you're in a better place to start the season on top. Um, without the need for a little bit of luck or a couple of things to go your way that you weren't expecting. Uh, and that's why I think it's you know, the, it's Cam Waters and Shane Van Gisbergen who are going to entertain us the most. Okay. I'm going to go through some things with teams, right? Brad Jones Racing. We've got – and I'm talking about inter-team, not – well, rivalry, but not yep. – you know, trying to beat each other. You've got definitely got Nick Perkett and Todd Hazelwood as the guys in that team that are pretty much going to be interesting to see how they go in 2021 together. Jack Smith, Macaulay Jones still got a bit of learning to go. Getting to cool drive racing, Tim Slade, he's kind of like, well, he's been out of for a little while. It's like, whoa, this is a whole new thing. So we no idea how this team's going to go. Right. We don't, but what we know is that it's the uh, it's the ex Will Davison Mustang, so we know it's a good car. I mean, yeah, you know, Will was Will was sitting pretty when that team fell over at the start of the COVID crisis. So, yeah, you know, right from the start, they have the potential to do it. Okay, Dick Johnson Racing, Anton Di Pasquale, and Will Davison. All right, you're saying Will's pretty good, and he'll probably be fast. Anton is. I'm. Just, we're yet to see how good Anton is. I'm expecting that he'll come out pretty strong from the start. They do, absolutely, because they've got to prove that the um, the loss of Penske is not going to upset the apple cart too much. Um, and it's got to have some impact losing the whole Penske operation from behind you, although I understand that they'll still be using some Penske technology and so forth. So, yeah, I, I think I can't see them maintaining the rage. I can't see them maintaining that performance that got the last three championships uh, and the absolute dominance of Scotty McLaughlin last year. I just... Don't think that can happen again. And it's got nothing to do with the drivers. Uh, it's all about the back end and the whole thing and making it work. But then dropping the two new drivers in with, you know, to build two new relationships with two new engineers and teams. Uh, I think, you know, you see, you'll see hiccups early in the season. Okay. Erebus, Erebus Motorsport, they're going through a rebuilding uh, period with 
two brand new drivers, Will Brown and Brody Kostecki. Yep, um, both amazingly good talents. Like that's the future of the sport sitting there. I mean, yeah, Brody Kostecki. I mean, we know him from following the e-racing stuff with e-racing X last year and, and talking racing to him about that. NASCAR and, stuff. and then, yep, and then we watched him at Bathurst and thought, like, this guy's good. Um, and even his interviews after the race and things, you know, he's got a good personality. Um, and Will Brown, you know, we've seen him in other classes of racing. He's a gun, and he'll be a, he'll be a great driver in the future. Uh, but you know, you're dropping him into a team that's a bit unstable at the moment, which is okay. a bit unfortunate. Andre Heimgardner this year, I don't think he showed his full potential. There were some times we thought this guy is going to do some stuff and then other things happened outside of his control that, that it just didn't happen. Yeah, well, I think second year with the Mustang um, is going to be good for that team. Uh, I think we saw some really good speed from Andre towards the end of the season. So, you know, they they learnt their way a little bit. They got the new engine on board that was lighter weight and all those sort of things. So, Cali uh, Racing can only be better next year, and that's the bottom line. Um, and Andre, we know, is good. Matt Stone Racing, they've changed things and everything. they're kind of back to normal. One driver, that's your car for the whole year, and this driver, for you for the whole year, Jake Kostecki and Zane Goddard. Hopefully, we'll see some improvements for those two young drivers. Um, and now, Team 18, Mark Winterbottom and Scott Pye. This is going to be an interesting – this is like the old guard, the new guard, uh, duking it out. Um, how do you think it's going to go? It is, isn't it? Uh, well, they're both fast. They showed that last year at times. Um, what they didn't show was, uh, as a team, no qualifying speed, and that meant they they were into all sorts of dramas when the racing came on because they were starting well down on their on what their race pace was. Um, so we we didn't see a great return uh, last year from what they put in this year or this season. I'm expecting to see a few other things. I think Scott Pye will keep growing because he's the young guy. Um, Frosty, we know what we're getting from him. We know that if his car's right, he's going to qualify really well and he'll race okay. And I think bringing Richard Holway in to look after the whole show to work with all of the guys in there. So I think Team 18 will step up from where they were this year. Um, I think we're looking to see an improved year from them. Okay. And as you say, you love the inter-team battles. You love to see who's well, this who is... wants to come out on top. You know, so Frosty versus Pie, as you say, the old warrior versus the young one. Um, well, don't know if Scott Pye's all that young, by the way, but uh, you know, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see that battle evolve through the season. Okay. Team Sydney, we know we've got Fabian Coulthard. We get to find out what's going on with the other wreck or license. Um, if it's Chris Pither. Yeah, they uh, obviously the switch from Techno to being Team Sydney. So they were in a rebuilding phase. Uh, they'll get better this year than they were last year, but I can't see them uh, setting the world on fire, even with a driver like Fabian Coulthard, who's you know fairly established, good track record, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, it is an evolutionary year for them. So uh, don't expect anything too spectacular. Okay. Tickford Racing, Cam Waters, James Courtney, Jack LeBrock. I see Cam Waters head and shoulders above everybody else. James Courtney is always a steady performer and snags one here and there. Jack LeBrock, he's gonna he was improving. Obviously, won a, he won a race this year. I don't know. It could be a bit of an interesting battle between Courtney and LeBrock. It will be. I, I would expect Jack LeBrock to be keep continuing to emerge. Um, he'll be running in the Truck Assist colours, I think, this year. He's um, involved with Truck Assist, and that's how the um, the sponsorships lined up with Tickford. So, um, see a change from Super Cheap to Truck Assist there. Um, but yeah, I think he's uh, he's going to keep growing. Clearly, uh, James Courtney, we know, you know, he's a uh, champion of the sport ten years ago. It's amazing. You think it's ten years ago that he won that title for Dick Johnson Racing. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be an interesting, intriguing little battle there. Um, and clearly, Cam Waters, as you say, like he's the he's the star of the team now. Um, and uh, I think a lot of weight's going to go on his shoulders as they chase for a championship. Okay, I'm going to skip Triple Eight. Let's go to Welcome to Andretti United. Bryce forward to Chaz Mossett. I'm expecting. Bryce is obviously constantly improving, but Chaz is still the superstar there. Yeah, on his day, Chaz is um, is great, isn't he? He's a great personality. Like you know, the interviews that he does on TV and things, he's exactly the person we need out the front of the sport. Um, and it's backed up by speed. You know, he's got the speed, he's got the racecraft, um, and he's you know some of the races he had last year, he was just awesome. Cool. Triple Eight. You say the championships between Shane Van Gisbergen. and and Cameron Waters. Right. What makes you say that Jamie Wincup is not going to be in that mix? Is he lost um, it? Uh, 
No, I don't think he's lost it. I think Jamie Wincup um, is still a superstar of the sport. Uh, I just don't think that when you've got seven titles under your belt and you're nudging towards 40 that you've got the same hunger. Um, and at some stage, we know, like the older you get, the harder it is to do things. Um, you know, I know it just from my own uh, brilliant sporting career, how much harder it is to do all the things that I used to do, yeah. um, like <laughs> like get out of bed without pain, you know, all those sort of things. So, yeah, I just think it's at that point, you know, that Jamie, he knows he's at the tail end of his career. But the great thing about Jamie is that he's so bloody smart. Yeah, he's so good at just sitting there and not doing silly things and racking up the points and doing it all that way. So you can't write him off. But I think in, in terms of outright speed, I think Shane's got him now. Okay. And Shane, by the way, is still growing as a driver. So if you every year you say, yeah, you're going to get 5% better or 10% better, Shane hasn't reached that peak yet. So he will be better this year than he was last year. Well, that's a little ominous as well. Well, look at how brilliant he was at Bathurst in the rain. I mean, yeah, that's a guy with serious talent. Well, it's 2020. Uh, give, me, give, give me your championship winner. Oh, well, well okay. You, want to get, you didn't give me your championship winner. I'm going for Cam Waters from Shane Van Gisbergen and, um, and Will Davison. Okay. So you're podium. Well, okay. That's a pretty decent podium. I, I'm going to go Shane Van Gisbergen. Yeah, I reckon Shane Van Gisbergen, Cam Waters, and Chaz Mostert. There's my three. Yeah, see, Chazzy's the one I'm tossing up in that third spot. So I three people, I think, can finish third. So I've got Ch- uh, tossing up between Chaz, Jamie, and Will Davison. So, well, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Cons- we want consistency. We all talk about consistency being the teams with the least upheaval in the offseason, right? Brad Jones Racing, that's one of them, right? Yep, no uh, change. Full drive racing, forget that, it's brand new, so all maximum upheaval. Dick Johnson Racing, two new drivers, all, change. all that, all change, right? Maximum upheaval. Uh, Erebus Motorsport, even more upheaval than Dick Johnson Racing. Kelly Racing, little upheaval, someone coming in, but there's a guy still in there, so um, and they have a good sponsorship, so he could, uh, Andre Heimgard, uh, I think he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Matt Stone Racing, well, uh, not upheaval, but they've got a little more to go to be up the front. Team 18, no real upheaval there, so we should see an improvement on them based on that they have no upheaval. Um, Team Sydney, all over the place, like, a, yeah, all over the place. Uh, Team Tickford. Like a Sydney road. Yeah, yes. Uh, Tickford Nothing Race, straight there. Nothing. <laughs> Tickford Racing kind of have a little bit of upheaval, not a bit of, not so much upheaval. Infrastructure's there, still going, but it's more about teams, drivers, sponsors and stuff like that. So I see the consistency there, which is what gives Cam, Cameron Waters um, our, what we're saying, aiming at the top. No yep. upheaval, except maybe a guy leaving is triple eight. Yep, yep. Grant McPherson guys... leaving. So the Giz needs a new engineer. So uh, he needs a new voice on the other end of the telephone. Yeah, so a little bit of upheaval, which is a thing that could be the chink in your armor for a championship. But I really rate Satan Van Gisbergen. I, th- I agree. I think he's on the he's at the top of his game and he seems to be getting better. Um, and for a and decade if, and a half, let's face it, that team has set the benchmark. Yeah. And you know, Shane, so 15 years. Shane tends to be on the other on the good side of the one percent and can extract maximum out of his calf. He doesn't drop his bundle when it's all yeah. working right. You know that no matter what the qualifying performance, that there's going to be a race performance that gives you something to talk about. Absolutely. And then yeah. it comes and then we're back to Walkinshaw United. No real upheaval, maybe some added of some good stuff in there with some guys. Chas Mostert, Bryce Forward. Mate, they're relaxed guys, come back better than ever. And that's where I yeah. see the strengths. I think Walkinshaw is the one I'm I'm just not sure how good they're going to be. I know they're not going to drop off a little bit, but the question is how much more can they develop and evolve? And I think they put the ingredients together, that team. It took them a while to work it out, uh, but they got something special growing there. I don't think they needed to add too much more to get back to the top. They were pretty no. close to there. They're a bit sporadic. They just show some consistency, and they're going to be hard to beat for the championship. Beautiful. We'll see. Okay. We will, oh, we? It's on record. 
It is, isn't it? <laughs> ah, well, Clarky, I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas. We will be back. Well, when are we going to get back, Clarky? Well, we're not quite sure. So we're probably late January, I think, we'll have our next podcast to have something to have a bit of a chat about. So Either before we'll or around the, um, the test days. Yeah, I think we'll get back before the test day, but um, if there's when nothing is- special happening before then... We've uh, chewed off all our listeners' ears for long enough. Folks, have a safe Christmas New Year period, and uh, we'll see you in February. That's a wrap. Do you know your photo has been frozen there for half this recording? Has it? I am too. Didn't you notice funny yourself is that? frozen? No, I don't look at myself. I was looking at you. Yeah, well, I kind of been looking at myself <laughs> in the camera.